Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just change your mind. Or it might not. Some shows just don't have good episodes. But here we take that chance for you and give a show more than just one shot. Yep. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be... Velma. So, I went off script, I'm sorry. I should have warned you. Yeah. But I thought it was important because, well, we did watch and are planning to review Velma... The show doesn't seem to be worth reviewing, and not just because it's terrible. We've reviewed terrible shows. No, I can't think of a single time we've done that. Really? We've never reviewed a terrible show. We've literally reviewed the fifth worst show based on IMDb ratings. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, Santa Incorporated, the Seth Rogen Christmas animated comedy. Mm, that doesn't sound like a thing I've done. No, we did it. Mm, no, I don't think so. See, there's a distinct difference though, between Santa Incorporated, which is the fifth worst rated show by IMDb, and Velma, which is the third worst rated show by IMDb. At least at the time of recording, it was trending downward. And that is, Santa Incorporated seemed to be a show that was actually aiming to be a watchable show. Maybe. I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying that it looked like they were trying to make a show that you could watch. Okay. Velma seems to intentionally be designed as hate bait. I mean, I think that's a rather strong opinion, but sure. I mean, the show is designed in such a manner that, like, it doesn't have an audience. Mm-hmm. Except technically, I think it does. It just, you just don't like the audience. Who's the audience? People that agree with the sentiment of the show. If you don't read in, if you read all the jokes as being completely straightforward and not sarcastic, or as even an attempt at satire, then you have made jokes that belittle certain ideas and movements yeah even those people have seen hating the show yeah i know but i'm saying like doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't have a target audience i'm just saying it may not have placed with them fair enough i don't remember the name of the first episode of velma and it's not gonna be that important because the first episode of velma is episode one velma oh okay cool picks um and the episode opens with about five minutes of gratuitive teen nudity. Yeah, which it attempts to lampshade and call out how it's tired and cliche by talking about Riverdale and how it's tired and cliched and some of the things it does. This show has a lot of sins, but the most obvious and repetitive sin of this show is how every time it does something that's worthy of actual criticism, it proceeds doing that thing by explaining why doing that thing is wrong. Yep. Look, lampshading is not an excuse to get away with anything. Lampshading is only acceptable in my opinion if it is being done in a form of satire Mm -hmm. and even then it still needs to be done well otherwise you have made a poor joke or a poor critique of something and done it very very poorly i think you said there are two forms of movies and tv shows that you've seen that have done that type of satire correctly one of which obviously being deadpool who's yeah. famous for that even in his comic books because even later seasons of rick and morty feel like they fall prey to this own problem they've created of hey the audience likes a good lampshade so instead we will call out every tired trope that we use every like bad joke but we'll let you know that's a bad joke or let you know it's a trope that's being used a lot 
and we won't do it in a satirical way or even in a really humorous fourth breaking fall or even in a really humorous fourth breaking wall kind of fun way which is I guess the one other way you can do it, like, occasionally that's fine, but if you do it all the time, it's also bad. She-Hulk did it that way a couple times, and I think it worked. it was all right. Deadpool does that a lot more, but even then, he does the satirical lampshading as well. Mm -hmm. And I think in the case, when we're talking about Rick and Morty, it became a case of them writing themselves into a situation where if they didn't do it, the lowest common denominator of fans would then criticize them for doing these things without calling them out. Because for some reason, for a group of people, there's the same type of people who watch Cinema Sins and think Cinema Sins is serious movie reviewing. Yeah. Think that lampshading something does absolve you of the sin of doing that thing. Fun fact, it doesn't. No. Lampshading should only be used sparingly and i think it's most effective when you're in a story where fourth wall breaks work or like lampshading works as a mechanical device and then you lampshade something based on the fact that you have to do this thing for the story to work out Mm -hmm. but you want to call it like you still want to call attention to it in a humorous way yeah it's like hey look i have no other idea how to solve this and this dumb thing works but i understand that it's dumb and i know the issues with it so i'm gonna call it out just so you know i'm not a complete idiot basically lampshading is being is covering your ass as a show writer basically mm-hmm. or author or whatever it's kind of a way to cover your ass be like hey look i know what i'm doing but hear me out although i have no idea although in Vilmets, it immediately doesn't feel like that and it feels more like a very blatant attempt at being humorous without it actually doing but it doesn't any- work well my opinion. yeah without doing any of the work that requires to actually yeah. be humorous so like i said this first episode starts with a bunch of naked girls in a locker room i mean it technically starts with a voiceover from velma dinkley that's fair talking about how this isn't your normal average origin story because one she's not a handsome guy who's just getting more power specifically a white man she doesn't say white man actually no she doesn't no i that's my bad i'm projecting and that is also not the normal when you hear about women because every origin story you hear for women is about how they went crazy and murdered someone which is wrong yeah it's, it's I distinctly wrong i really couldn't think of any of those like i guess if you're talking specifically about like the show snapped or shit like that i mean jennifer's body was like setting up to be that it, it was it was built yeah. with the intention of being a franchise uh there's the Carrie movies, which are that, uh, because there's a sequel to Carrie. Uh, but no, like it's a, it's a trope. She's not wrong, but yeah. it's definitely not like the majority of them, especially in 2023, 2022. Yeah, because like. We just reviewed a show that was specifically the origin story of a superhero who was a woman who wasn't about her going insane. She thought she was going insane yeah. for like the first part of the series. Or you know, you got shit like Orphan Black, which doesn't do that either. And it's a really good story. Yeah. Orphan Black is specifically not about her going insane. Yeah. So. But anyways, then in a thing that was vaguely all right, because the animators some of them clearly had a bit of room here and there to do some stuff uh most of the time i don't like what they've done not visually it all looks fine the show gonna get this out of the way the show looks good yeah the animation style is something i would vibe with as an adult cartoon it fits that like kind of low budget animated style without being like horrendous to look at so it uses a bit more sharp edges and it feels like the line edges are a bit heavier when they're really not but something about it in my brain just like wants to remember them as heavier i think it's the high contrast of color of the character towards like the background i think most of the characters have like a bit heavier color tone than their backgrounds most of the time but anyways though we see her bookshelf which is filled with probably the last fun little jokey easter eggs in these two episodes in my opinion and on her shelf we see how to solve mysteries with your friends scuba do's and don'ts so you can't afford audio 
audiobooks. That's a good joke. Mm -hmm. The big book of books seen in TV shows. And finally, History of Fog. It's actually a really good joke because audiobooks are typically cheaper than physical... I feel like a lot of these jokes were written by somebody who was out of touch with, like, culture as yes. a whole. Yeah. But, so, there, uh, this is Velma claiming that this is how the story of how she assembles a team of mystery hunters, and that, no, it wasn't Fred and his creepy sax fan. And to counterpoint that, we see that she has, like, a diary, mm-hmm. and in it is written Velma Dinkley Jones in a heart, and on the very next page is, I hate Daphne. Yeah. So we then cut to the shower scene where Daphne... I, I mean, we do cut there, but importantly, to set the tone of the entire show... The roach is fucking... Well, there's that, but I was going to more point out just, like, the fact that the background shots of the school look disgusting. The school is run down, obviously, like, the lockers are all rusty and there's all kinds of shit all over them. Yeah. Yeah, and this will be a trend that continues throughout. So Daphne becomes our viewpoint character for a little while. Yeah. And all the other girls in the shower are talking about like how they like the first episode of shows tends to be more sexy and more violent until Daphne basically goes, no, that's kind of crass and it's terrible. It's bad writing. And then Daphne gets into an argument with another girl about it. They get into a fist fight. Krista. Krista, yeah. So this scene, again, is just nothing but naked teenage girls. And, like, it is edited out, but it still made me feel wildly uncomfortable watching this alone in my apartment. Uh-huh. This isn't even the episode I watched on my lunch break at work. This this is what I watched before I went to work, and I was like, this is uncomfortable. This is, like, really uncomfortable. And I get it. I, I get it. They were trying to, like, they were doing the thing when they do, where they lampshade the trope. Yeah. And it doesn't work. But as Krista and Daphne are fighting... We get like this hint that a murder has happened because because Velma reignites the voiceover. Uh, Yeah. And we see a figure in a hoodie come running towards the shower with a hockey stick. I think it's a hockey stick. And like smacks Daphne and like doesn't just hit Daphne, but like full on bodies Daphne off the floor and into a wall. Yeah. Um, I not really super important, but vaguely, I guess a seed of stuff in the future if you want to assume someone knew what they were doing is the main thrust of the argument that Daphne and Krista get into that leads them into a knockout and drag out fight is that Krista is the one girl who continues to say that hey I enjoy the gratuitous sex and violence in the beginning of episodes in fact it's my favorite part whereas everybody else defaults to Daphne yeah but Daphne insists that no that's not right and Chris is like well then what is your favorite part of Riverdale when the first episode when Veronica and Betty kiss why is that your favorite part to which Daphne says because they immediately call it out as tired and because they're doing they're they're also lampshading here Mm -hmm. it's her favorite part because it, it is lampshading that trope where and this is also lampshading that tr- mm-hmm. and then Kristen insists that you can have it both ways Daphne says you can't you can't enjoy both things wild and I, I think it's important to notice here that uh it's not that it's like they kind of punch each other and that's the fight no Daphne takes this girl to the floor and is repeatedly starting to slam her face into the ground and seems to be about to hold it down in a puddle of water and there's this close-up shot of like a very demented grin on her face and then Velma comes in with a fucking hockey stick I will admit this had me considering that the start of the show was going to be Daphne just murdering somebody and that was going to be the start of the entire series yeah 
for about like 30 seconds so i mean fine bait and switch like and they don't call a bait and switch trope out here so crazy right and they actually give us two bait and switches because we get the um it all started with a murder and we get the mysterious figure stepping on the fucking cockroaches and then smacking daphne with a hockey stick mm-hmm. and like so you go from thinking daphne's gonna kill krista to this figure is gonna kill one of the girls and the figure turns out to be velma who immediately broaches the subject of like blind casting virtually yeah, blind casting blind casting with daphne and daphne's da- cool with it she's yeah. an asian woman she's cool with the idea and velma's surprised that she doesn't have a shit take for once i will say this might be me getting a little conspiracy minded i feel like part of the purpose of this show is to stop shows like this from existing yeah. like maybe not from like an hbo standpoint like the production company wasn't like oh let's make it where people don't want reboots with um, race swapped characters yeah. but behind the scenes the people working on this show i feel like had a bit of a motive to make this show in such a way that people could like hold them up and be like see this is what happens when you race swap characters yeah as an example of why we shouldn't it. do it and even if it wasn't an intentional aspect behind the scenes it's going to be an unintentional result of the show because shaggy's race swapped daphne's race swapped velma's race swapped scooby-doo is gender swapped and species swapped yeah apparently Ooh, this show anyways yeah so they have a conversation about blind blind casting based on race and Daphne's Vilma's actually impressed by Daphne's response. And then Daphne's like, what are you doing skulking around anyways? And I mean, but they don't really do much for the rest of the scene. They're arguing. They get really close to each other. Krista pops up and says, see, this is the part where we'd be hot if you kiss. Yeah, because they're still lampshading that. Mm-hmm. And then Velma goes to open her locker and Brenda falls out of it. Yep. And then the top part of her skull falls off. Velma makes a joke about Brenda's brainless, but it's not actually a joke because Brenda is... Yeah, she screams that she's brainless. Daphne gets huffy. And then Velma's like, that's not a dish. She literally doesn't have a brain. Yep. And then we get the title card, which is just the word Velma. And then, still within the first five minutes of the show, we have Velma in a police interrogation room where Daphne's lesbian moms, who are both detectives that work together. I mean, there was a thing that I think very much, if you hadn't gotten the style of humor and tone that this show was going for, I think it'd be explained in basically like one brief little thing on the screen. Okay. And that is the location setting we get for the police department. And that is the O's falling off the police department headquarters we have a guy just pissing against the wall of police station right next to the steps we have what seem to be stereotypical depictions of three prostitutes just down the steps as well and then we have some homeless individual off in the corner of the parking lot with everything set up and like it, it's all seems very stereotypical of like it was just like this stereotypical thing and like it strikes me very much as like the team to be like oh look at this like we're being super like you know what i'm talking about yeah I, I get i get the idea that you're shooting for here yeah i don't know it's like you see that kind of like i'm gonna call it piss poor setting basis and like all kinds of in in my opinion bad adult cartoons which just like look look at the stuff we can get away with because yeah it's a cartoon but it's not for kids and it's just like okay okay why though yeah what what about this uh, okay so you couldn't have done like a better depiction of the fact that hey coolville's a very apparently poor town where the school looks like shit inside and out and the police department's falling apart I, I don't know. You couldn't have taken any part of your setting seriously? No, of course not. Absolutely not. Nothing in this show is taken seriously at all. I think, yeah, nothing in the show. Nothing in the show is taken seriously at all. 
So Daphne's moms walk in. Yep. They ask why they, they haven't seen Vilma at, at their house in a while. And like, this is all just background setting for the story. We find out Vilma and Daphne used to be friends, but they're not anymore. Yeah. Vilma asks how the case is going with, that they're investigating for her disappeared mother. Which they do not even remember her mother's actual name. They call her Doodad. Yep. And at that point, Vilma goes to get up and leave because she's like, fuck it. And we're still five minutes into the beginning of the show, and we have two cops pulling guns on an unarmed, underage woman of color. Yeah, who then insists that she sit back down because she happens to be the prime suspect. And yeah, sure, they know she's not guilty, but they they admit that they're not great detectives. And unless they can prove she didn't do it, the sheriff is going to have her arrested in 24 hours. So she better solve a mystery, to which Velma says, Mysteries? I don't solve those anymore. Looks up as if in a flashback sequence, and there's some spooky theremin synth playing. And then they're just like, well, you, that's, you better. And that's basically it. Though there is a small bit before they come in, Wolverine well, is wondering about who killed Brenda, and she starts to have a hallucination episode. Yeah, so we find out that, that Vilma has these hallucinations every time she tries to solve mysteries. Um, it's not done well. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be a post-traumatic stress thing, and uh, we get the reasoning behind it later, but not done well. But anyways. Yeah. Like, this is, like, a straight taken from cop movies where they're like, well, you got 24 hours to solve the case, so you're going down for it. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, so... Though, and, like, I don't know. There's a joke here that I want to say could be good if its delivery was a bit different. Yeah? It's when one of them... They're questioning why she was still in the locker room by herself, the way she was, in which there is an implication that one, Velma should be ashamed of her body because she is not thin, or that she should be ashamed of her body for some portrayed or perceived masculine features, because they assume that that's why she's not showering with all the other people. Mm -hmm. But the joke is that they ask, why were you lurking around the gym? Why were you lurking around the locker room like a gym teacher who's no longer a gym teacher? Yeah. But that's all, like, that's another trope, but it's almost a good joke but they it feels like they bumble into it yeah it's phrased poorly and it's given no room to breathe yeah like that could have been a mildly decent joke in my opinion but it's it's not given any any chance to live i will admit ahead of time the next scene actually had a joke that i chuckled at so as hard as i am going to be on this show yeah the next scene is actually velma back at her house Nope. No? No, the next scene is her walking out of the police department and bumping into Fred Jones for the first time. Oh, yeah, that's that's correct. My bad. Wrong scene, then. Yeah, and so Velma's walking out, and she bumps into Fred, and Fred is just taking selfies of himself, mm-hmm. and Velma's, like, tries to introduce herself slash greet him. He's unaware of her existence. Apparently, he cheats off her because he thinks she's Spanish. Well, Mexican. He just her in Spanish because he thinks she's Mexican. Yes. And he, again, doesn't recognize her. So she points out that she asks if he just forgets who she is meeting. He's like, yeah, my therapist says I have a problem. He has a disease. His disease is called being rude. Yeah. He's like, oh, how did you know? You're you're mm-hmm. really smart. And that's not a compliment. Yeah. Then Daphne shows up. She throws herself on Fred. And that's kind of it. Um, Fred here now learns that Brenda is dead. Mm-hmm. And then we see Daphne he- make sexual advances on Fred. Fred rebuffs them. Well, 
Fred also freaks out here because he's like, she was my backup option. Yeah, if you got too clingy. And then we see Daphne make an advance on Fred that Fred rejects, and she's annoyed by it. And Velma basically dips. Yep. So then we cut to Velma's home? Yeah. Okay. So we cut to Velma's home where she's talking to her father, Amon Dinkley. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, you're probably the, the prime suspect because you were voted most revengey in the school yearbook. Well, he doesn't say that. He's like, you know, you were voted the most. And she says, yeah. because she was voted the most revengey. She's like, no, you're weird. Yeah. And then she's like, I could kill all the people that voted me most revengey. And he's like, yeah, see, that's kind of the point. Yeah. And like that joke is kind of funny. Yeah. It could have been delivered better. It could have like the show doesn't give any of its jokes room to breathe. And when it does, it's because it, it's not actually making a joke. It's lampshading the thing for three minutes and expects you to laugh at it. Yeah. Oh, an important thing to note here. It's actually not that important, but it's vaguely important to me. Frank Welker does not voice Fred in the show. It's one of, I think, now two Scooby-Doo shows slash movies that aren't live action, obviously, where Frank Welker doesn't voice Fred. Okay, I was going to say, because Fred Welker also doesn't voice Fred in like, yeah, yeah, the Scooby-Doo yeah. live action That's why I clarify movies. not live yeah. actions. And you know what? I'm happy Frank Welker isn't Fred. Re- don't get me wrong frank wilker does great in like every performance i've heard from him and in fact he does a good performance in the show because he actually does show up just not as fred he does voice fred's father Mm -hmm. but honestly i'm happy he's not fred in this for once because god is fred's character just blading character assassin yeah it's bad so i want to get let's go and get into that because i think most of the character interpretations at least in the first two episodes are reasonable interpretations of the characters like i don't like them yeah but but i think it's because this is an adult cartoon where Mm -hmm. none of the characters are supposed to be likable yeah all uh, american dad or something where none of the characters except the alien are likable i mean the alien's definitely not supposed to be likable though yeah that's true i'm a terrible person though pretty sure klaus is supposed to be likable though klaus is a former german like nazi yeah oh <laughs> no see i actually agreed with that statement as a joke piece because you know who fred gets alluded to in episode two hitler yeah people are comparing everybody to hitler these days yep that's the joke that is the joke in fact that joke gets made in the show mm-hmm. i was literally quoting the tv show but like velma still feels like the brainy nerd of the yeah show. just overly aggressive for some reason Daphne's still the rich girl who's kind of like disconnected from the world around her. She doesn't really seem to be the rich girl. She's just a popular girl in this. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Whereas, and then we have Norville, who is Shaggy. That's Shaggy's actual name for anyone who doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's not going by Shaggy. He's literally just going by Norville. And... I can kind of see why his character, like how his character is, how he is. In this, he seems to be uh, generally smarter than he's portrayed. He's a little incelly, though. Very incelly. And he likes snacks, but. So I think Shaggy is actually a fine update to like an, a modern day. Yeah, I, I think he's perfectly fine. It's weird that he's now anti-drugs though when he's definitely like canonically a stoner. I think the joke there is that I never confirmed they were stoners. So we'll have this one character who's heavily associated with it and dislike it because that'll be funny. And then I assume their assumption was if the show went on long enough, they would have him become a pot user because that's his streaming fan base. You want to know something? What? It's already been slated for a season two. They're yeah, because it was HBO Max's best performing original animation that they've premiered on their thing. 
It is the third worst television show of all time, according to IMDb. Yeah, I'm aware. It's the worst animated television show of all time, according to IMDb. Mm-hmm. In fact, HBO Max, according to IMDb, has the two worst animated TV shows of all time. This. And Santa Incorporated. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear about how bad Santa Incorporated is without actually exposing yourself to that, you can go back to 2021's Christmas time and find our episode on Santa Incorporated, which was so bad. We extended Christmas into January so we could watch something that was actually Christmas Good. themed and not yeah terrible so that covers the three other main care main human characters from scooby-doo and then we have fred who is made to be racist misogynistic and classist classist and so incapable of caring for himself he doesn't even know how to use a fucking fork literally that is a plot point of episode two he does not know how to use a fork so as a joke cutsies grows on me yeah I, i think it's like stockholm syndrome style growing on me yeah, but there's that bit covered. So back to Velma at home with her dad. Her dad mm-hmm. being like, no, you're just weird. We then see Velma's stepmother or well, just so father's... We don't, we don't see her right away. Girlfriend. Um, First, her dad's like, you know, if you weren't so weird and you try to be like a normal... normal um, You try to be like a normal teenager... And go to Spooner's. The like... Local mall shop or whatever. Yeah, the local ice cream shop, which... Has not been, like, a hangout for teenagers since, like, the fucking 80s, mm-hmm. 70s, maybe? I think by the 80s, we were already doing mole culture. So, 60s and 70s was malt shops and ice cream parlors? Yeah. And she's like, well, I would go to Spooner's, but my dad decided to knock up a waitress that works there. While his actual wife was still missing. Yeah, because, again, Dia... What's their last name? Dinkley. Yeah, Dia Dinkley is not has not been um, presumed dead. She is still missing. She's only been missing for like a year and a half. Two years. She disappeared two years ago. Oh, okay. My bad. Her van was found on the side of the road with nothing but her glasses and a present for Velma inside. Yeah, which means this not quite two years. It's not quite Christmas. Yeah, yeah, but yet. they keep saying two years is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then we have Sophie, her father's girlfriend, pop in and be like, hey, I'm not just a waitress at Spooner's. I'm also the owner and Velma's like and a basic bitch that doesn't know how to use hashtags and then she's just like no and she uses hashtags and mm-hmm. sentences you know that hasn't been like a thing in a decade and a half 12 years 11 years yeah and then her father and Sophie have an impromptu baby camera photo session it's a nude photography session because they're documenting the baby bump but like it's not just baby bump photos it's like it's it's pun based ones to which sophie says you can't just like um manufacture these moments and proceeds to manufacture moments yeah you know more lampshady it's borderline pornographic though like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not straight like it's not pornographic it's it's only fan style content for the most part. Although pornographic content does make its way to OnlyFans too. Yeah. It's the free stuff on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And then Sophie's like, don't worry though, people won't see you as a weirdo anymore. That'll all change because starting tonight, you now work as a waitress at Spooner's. And then we cut to Spooner's Malt Shop where I think it's Krista is playing, Krista is singing, and Daphne is playing a small synth set to a piano setting. And I don't know the fucking song. It's a it's a rap song about having sex, but it sang slow and set to a piano because how wouldn't that be funny? It's not it's not funny. It's kind of just annoying. Yeah, uh, 
why it's, it's actually garbage. But this scene does has, serve a purpose later. Vaguely. Because when, spoiler alert, end of episode one, Krista's dead. Yep. Um, has her brain cut out. Um, in episode two, they have a funeral for Krista. And, or my, my, I'm conflating episode one and two, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, this is the funeral for Brenda. Brenda. Yeah, that's what that, this is just the funeral yeah. for Brenda. And, or uh, I guess not a funeral, but like. It's awake. Yeah, it's awake. But I was, I was conflating the episodes. My bad. I thought I thought the show had continuity that like carried over with character development for no. side characters. So nothing super important really happens between this. Velma, we see her in the background, and we see Daphne kind of just talking about how such a good what a good friend Brenda was. In fact, she makes her previous best friend look like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. We pan over to Velma, and Daphne says, especially because my previous best friend, the one that murdered her, is her the prime suspect. And Velma says, "Fuck this," and just leaves yeah and is this, this is where she has a bunch of missed calls from shaggy or is this where i guess norville not shaggy kind of so we see uh, shortly after velma leaves daphne's parents lightly scold her for hearing what was private not you know doing actual police stuff but of course not but velma goes outside and starts to do try to wonder what's going on has a hallucination repeatedly repeats you're not real you're not real you're not real we hear a bump fred comes out from behind the dumps and he's like no i am a real boy yeah uh, i'm a real man father and he realizes he doesn't remember velma and this is where we just get velma explaining that hey my mom left i get it parents are tough well my mom disappeared because fred let's drop that his father is putting a lot of expectations on him and wants him to be like a man that can be a leader and be super manly and he's upset about Brenda's death basically yeah and like he only confides in her because he still doesn't remember her yeah he's like oh because you're a stranger that i'll never meet again i can feel free to mm-hmm. tell you all this stuff yeah so we get velma talking about her mom it's little flashbacks of moments with her mom and her mom would apparently set up little mysteries for her to solve and then velma accidentally solved a mystery she shouldn't have which is what will her christmas presents be so her mom went and got her a new present after velma found them and was upset about it and then her mom just never came back yeah her family found on the side blah 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 yep and then at this point a car comes speeding down the alley towards fred and velma Mm -hmm. um and it's norville and he's like didn't you get all my phone calls yeah yeah so this is after she already got all the voicemails from him all the missed calls yeah though fred does remember velma's name here after she explains everything yeah he didn't just zone out he actually remembers her name Mm -hmm. and so after norville's like i've been trying to call you all day Mm -hmm. uh my parents took my phone away because after trying to call you several times my dad heard me call you the b word so i lost my phone for 24 hours and then he's like i i I, you should check my voicemails because i i think i figured out who killed brenda yeah she's like okay who and he's like i left i already told you yeah so then we see them in her so then we see her and him in norville's car and she's just listening to the voicemails and it seems she's on the last one and he's just like hey it's Norville for math I know who killed Brenda and then it continues on and on and on and eventually ends with well I guess I don't really know who killed Brenda and so then she turns to me she's like really he's like but I have an idea of how to find them yeah so what it comes down to is Norville thinks that Spooners is moving drugs which is why it's so popular mm-hmm. and that he saw Brenda with a camera well he sent Brenda there with a camera because yeah. he's part of the newspaper mm-hmm. so and he sent brenda to go document it and brenda was taking photos in the bathroom and said he- she's got something really important and then well the camera was never found and brenda's dead so and so velma's like oh my my dad's girlfriend has a new camera that she's using for her only fans content um this will be great i can get rid of her 
and prove myself innocent. Except the camera doesn't have anything on it. It's just... I mean, it does. It has yeah. pictures of babies dressed as vegetables to which her father treats as if it's a great shame and terrifying, horrible secret. It's weird, but uh, baby photography is a lucrative business. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't really get the joke either. I'm whatever. Honestly, this makes me think that uh, his girlfriend is actually like kind of like a functional, like not like not necessarily a functional adult, but like a functional person like she has a malt shop that she seems to be running successfully and only fans like content site and has a successful enough baby taking picture side business to buy a nice new camera and on top of that no cpr well enough to save vilma's life because yeah at this point where velma realizes that she's accused the wrong person and she's having trouble solving this mystery she begins having one of those, those panic attacks that we were talking about. Because she's trying to figure out where Norville's camera is then. And her father has no idea what the fuck to do. And Sophie's just like, she's obviously having one of those heart-stopping, terrifying hallucinations she gets. And yeah, so Sophie saves her. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point that Dia, that Amon tells us, well, yeah. tells Velma and us, that what Velma's remembering as games to solve mysteries is nostalgia. It wasn't games. It was like... I mean, we don't really get that here, but that is the thing. He kind of just tells her that her mom didn't disappear. She left because she didn't want them anymore. Yeah. And then Velma has a flashback of all the nice things, and it's Velma just being a absolute fucking nuisance slash actual danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, um, mind you, the instance where Velma is drunk is just bad parenting. Yeah, it's well, it's a mother who's a writer not paying attention to her child. I assume yeah. Dia's the, the stay-at-home parent because her father's a lawyer, so mm-hmm. he's probably working 18 hours a day. Yeah, so we skip to we, we skip to school the next day, and Velma decides that in order to make people not think she's a murderer, she's going to be a new her. Yes, so she's wearing it like a sparkly turtleneck with no sleeves and a boob window, and everyone seems to be buying into it until one of the girls that we saw earlier. It's Daphne. Is Daphne's it? the one that yeah. I don't think Daphne's the one that calls her out on it. It's one of her friends. So yeah, um, either one of Daphne's friends or Daphne herself calls yeah. her out on it. And then Daphne's the one that actually like makes the case that like she's just doing this to avoid suspicion for Brenda's murderer. Yeah. And then... And, uh, you can go ahead. And then Fred steps in and he's like, enough, my fellow populars. Yeah, Velma's still fashionably challenged loser who may have murdered someone, but... She's a good person. Well, no. Underneath all of that is just a scared little boy who wants our friendship. Oh, yeah. And then someone throws a paper cutter at Velma. Fred catches it, throws it back, and cuts a dude's leg off. Yeah. It's really well animated. Completely unnecessary. And it also, like, begs question, why is he not being charged for, like, assault here? The guy doesn't press charges. He claps at the end of Fred's speech and cheers along with everyone else. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we see Velma changing back into her normal clothes in the bathroom, and then in come Daphne and her friends. And it's a, this is a pointless conversation that just is essentially Daphne being like, "It doesn't matter how much Fred, how much you cheat on, how much Fred cheats on me with you, he's not going to put out for you." Da 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 da. Yeah. We've been together for nearly two years, and we still haven't had sex. You see, he won't put out. Um, and this then leads Velma and Norville to break into Fred's house to find the camera because in this little interaction, Daphne as she's leaving makes a joke how about how Fred even kicks everyone out of the bathroom in spooners before he even use it. Yeah. And then Daphne and then Velma's like, oh, spooners. Yeah, so the assumption is whatever Fred's hiding was on the camera. Fred killed Brenda, took camera. Yep. So Norville and Velma break into Fred's house. 
Uh, they don't find the camera. Velma has another one of her hallucinations. And in order to snap out of it, uh, Norville essentially confesses that he's in love with her. And she laughs and insists that he keeps saying these dumb, corny things that are clearly jokes. And you can actively watch this character's heartbreak. And as, his soul die. As he continues to admit his feelings for her and how important she is to him. And she laughs at it because she thinks it's a joke. Yep. Though so, there is in this moment before this the briefest instance, the briefest instance in what would be my opinion the most accurate portrayal of a character, and it's as he's helping Velma to break into this big house. He's like, "Well, yeah, but do you know the worst thing that could happen to you? Like trying, like you could die trying to solve this mystery. Like you could be crushed by a revolving bookcase, attacked by bats, fall off a fence, yada yada yada." It is the most in character any well in character to the originals could we do any of these characters are. I think it's just like references to things that happen yeah in episodes of like scooby-doo where are you vaguely i mean i don't think anyone gets crushed by or killed by things like that but yeah, yeah no but like no i get what you're saying so she sneaks into the house mm-hmm. she has the panic attack where shaggy admits his feelings for her and then she finds the camera mm-hmm. she finds norville's camera and it has pictures of fred and we find out that fred despite being like 16 17 years old has never gone through puberty yeah and his father wants him to keep it a secret because no one will respect them otherwise in their business and everything and so he gets it's all threatening and he's like i guess i'll have to do the same thing to you that i did to brenda and he goes to pull something out of his robe because he's wearing a robe his robe and daphne's mom's burst in and shoot him in the knees mm-hmm. um and he's like i just meant i was gonna pay you and that's basically the end of the episode yep uh norville then drives velma home mm-hmm. um at her house she throw she pulls out at her house, she digs the present that her mom got her out of the trash because she threw it away earlier when her dad was like, your mom left us because she hated us. And she's like, I was just deluding myself. I know mom didn't hate hate us because the last thing she did was get this present and write love mom on it. Yeah. And like, if she had hated me, why would she have done this? And then the recycling bin next to the trash has a bunch of roaches crawling in and out of it. And then she's like, ooh, I don't even want to know what's in there. And so she goes to walk in the house and Norville, out of like a morbid curiosity, opens the recycling bin and there's Krista and her head cap's been cut off and her brain's missing that's the end of the episode yep so what are your thoughts on velma i've taken shits with better characterization and funnier jokes i believe that i really do like there is very little good about this show the voice acting for some characters is pretty good um i mean they mean frank welker i mean obviously there are other people that are actually skilled at what they're doing and the animation like i said is good but other than that i don't really there's nothing here that i find enjoyable i honestly think this show was intended to be hate watched it was a hate bait this sh- i feel like this show was designed with the intent that nobody would actively want to watch it okay and that it would get media mm-hmm. based on how terrible it is and that's pretty much been the case. Yeah. My biggest issue with this is the fact that this show exists. Hear me out. Not, not because the show is bad. No, you have an issue with the show existing because they race swapped all the characters. No. Uh, my yeah. issue is the fact that this show was originally announced in like, I think it was like 2021. And then it did the thing where you can let a property just die. Development hell. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it literally has like a thing where it dies and you lose like a certain right on it. The crow, they have to, like, refile. The Crow reboot's been stuck in development hell for, like, a decade and a half. 
And then HBO fucking brought it back and made it an actual fucking thing when they let so many other fucking things die or they purposely killed these things. Like Gravity Train? Infinity Train? Infinity Train, yeah. yeah. But it's not even like that in particular. It's just like they canned I, a bunch of shit and they made this. I've seen that criticism very, very often. And I have to agree. Like, even if though I haven't watched Infinity Train, which I should, I know. Yeah. And I haven't watched most of the DC, like, animated stuff that they've pulled off their services. Mm-hmm. Those shows are all just higher quality than this. Yep. They're already paid for. Why are you making a show that is this terrible? Because Riverdale is popular and Rick and Morty is popular. So if we put them both together, it'll be great. I will say, while we're talking about this first episode, that's kind of how I'm like single sentence reviewing the show and people ask about it. My single sentence answer is all the worst things you've ever heard about Riverdale is this show in 20 minute episodes. Yeah. And so with that, let's go on to episode two and hopefully not take nearly as long. Episode two is entitled Candy, parentheses, whoa, unparentheses, man. Yeah. So this episode starts with Fred getting arrested, Mm -hmm. followed by a scene of Daphne stuffing piles of money into her beanbag chair in her room. Yeah. And then we find out that Velma's father is representing Fred for his murder trial. Yep. So it's really not too much going on there. (laughs) Not too much going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. We get a brief commercial about from the Jones gentleman's accessories. So we learn that his Fred is rich because his family sells accessories, particularly ascots. It seems primarily ascots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I guess the important part of this scene is. When Daphne is stuffing stuff into her beanbag chair, she finds half of a BFF necklace. Yeah, I could have sworn that was much, much later and stuff. No, because then Velma's in her room and she's like, I don't know exactly what she's doing. I'm not, my memory is garbage, but she gets her BFF necklace out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's the next day at school and Velma tries to convince Daphne to get her, her mother's cold case file. Yeah. Because she still believes that her mother was kidnapped or something nefarious happened to her. Mm-hmm. And Daphne's like, why would I help you? You think I'm a bitch. That betrays all her friends. And then that exact thing is written on the wall, signed by Velma as graffiti. Because yeah. So Velma's like, yeah, but what would you do it for old time's sakes? And holds out the necklace. Yeah, and Daphne's basically like, no, but uh, I'll give it to you for 500 bucks. Oh, she's like, yeah, I would do it for old time's sakes for $500. Yeah. And Velma's like, that's basically a million dollars. You're asking for the impossible. And... And then we see Velma's father meeting with Fred and his family to discuss the case. And it's... Fred's confused as to why there's even a case. He's just like, it's not like... Like, what do they have against me? Sure, I basically confessed and have well-documented anger issues, but that, what, does that, what does that even mean? And then he, we see him throwing a fit about not getting pancakes that he wanted or whatever. And then throwing a fit because the pancakes aren't cut up. Mm-hmm. And he continuously yells cutties at his butler and his mom to cut mm-hmm. his food up. And his dad is upset with he needs his stuff cut up and he doesn't drink alcohol yet. And so they apologize to Amon Dinkley and he's just like, no, 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 no. We can use this. People and- see him as this teenage sociopath and we can sell them this he's just a dumb fucking child of a boy who couldn't possibly murder anyone it should also be noted in the previous scene at the beginning of the school day outside the school daphne's mom's dropped her off yeah and they saw a bunch of people high smoking pot and stuff so yeah they're now going undercover 21 jump street style Mm -hmm. to find out who the candy man is who is selling drugs to the students at crystal cove high yeah and the scene with the joneses and mr dinkley ends with fred's father 
probably being upset that they're going to sell this on Fred's unmanly image because he's supposed to be the next CEO. But Fred's mom's like, is he? Is he really? Is he really? And we see he's covered in maple syrup. And he's like, oh, I'm sticky. Bathies and holds his arms up. Yeah. For someone to take his shirt off or and or to carry him to the bathroom. So we then get like we we then get Velma trying to scrounge together five hundred dollars. Uh, she tries to borrow it from Norville, but he doesn't have the money right now. Yeah, she goes over to his place. He is live streaming a snack review. Yeah. So after she talks to him about borrowing the five hundred dollars, he then decides that he's going to go sell his favorite sword that he has. Yes. Uh, and that quickly fails. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we can tell his entire story here really briefly. Yeah, okay. He goes to sell his sword to get 500 bucks to give to Velma so she can buy the cold case file. Yeah. And he goes to a pawn shop that from 80. He's upset. We see him walking out. He walks past a wanted poster for a guy who's worth $500 conveniently. Doesn't do that. Instead, a guy approaches him and we see him in a hotel room now. And he is getting ready to sell his kidney when the guy from the poster breaks in, kills all the other people, and then knocks on the door to have Shaggy come out. And so him and Norville end up outside the motel room. Mm -hmm. The guy's aiming guns at Norville. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of stoners who are just sitting around the motel come up and are like, wait, is that Norville from Norville Eats or whatever they fucking call it? And he's like, wait, I think it's called Norville Snacks or something. And he's like, wait, you stoners watch my stream? Oh, man, it's just like my little Wayne blog. And then... This guy gets arrested and he gets the 500 bucks from that. But that'll end up being too late. Well, he doesn't get the 500 bucks from that because they go to give him the money. He's like, yeah, you should give it to the stars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really do anything. So he could have just took the money, but instead... Is honorable? It's wild. Yeah. Um, That is Norville's story through this episode. On the other side, we find out that Daphne is the Candyman. Velma mm-hmm. also finds this out because Daphne wants Velma to sell drugs for her. Mm-hmm. And then we get a montage basically of Velma being overbearing and judgmental and not being able to make a sell. Yeah, she's terrible at selling drugs. Although the drugs themselves, all their names are references to like classic Scooby Doo's, Jinkies, all that Jeepers, shit. Mm-hmm. Mystery Machine. That's like the name of the drugs. Yeah. Uh, I have to assume Mystery Machine is just a strain of the fucking like nice indica, right? I would have assumed it was acid. Yeah, that too. Anyways, though, so we see that uh, Velma eventually tries to sell to her father. Nothing really happens. Uh, like, he freaks, they freak. We go back to their place. And well, like, b- before she tries to sell to the father, the two of them oh, yeah. get chased through the school by Daphne's parents. In the second most Scooby-Doo-esque scene, um, when they end up on top of, like, the rolling backpack, rolling through the hallways, that's the second most Scooby-Doo scene. The first was Norville freaking out about scary things. Yeah, this chase scene would only be more Scooby-Doo. If, if they started went- going through different doors and coming in and out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the chase scene ends, though, with Velma's mother's hitting a baby carriage. It's and fine, though. The yeah. baby just ends up on the window, not dead. Yeah, and then Velma and Daphne hide in a dumpster, and mm-hmm. Daphne texts her moms and is like, Hey, um, where are you? I'm at home. I have a uh, abandoned kitten that I'm thinking about adopting that needs yeah. your help. And they both, in a mm-hmm. critically blind stereotyping of lesbian women... Rush home to adopt this kitten. Yeah. Uh, there was also a joke earlier that Velma makes on one of her cells about the Me Too movement and like how she can't spit truth without a filter anymore. Just like comedians can't either before the hashtag Me Too movement. I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't want to. Yeah. Mindy Kaling is the voice actress for Velma and she's also one of the producers for the show. And if you know anything about Mindy Kaling, 
she should have been canceled. I, I hate me if you want cancel culture is a relevant thing and when used appropriately makes sense. Mindy Keeling yeah. should have been canceled because she has sexually assaulted multiple people backstage and bragged about it on late night talk shows. If she was yeah. a man, if she was white, these these things would have already been resolved. She would not be in a position to be making, she wouldn't be making a property that is based on the history of the franchise, one of Warner Brothers' biggest properties. And I don't, I don't say this to come off as racist or sexist because I'm not. I, I know yeah, that's all I can say on I the matter. You. But Mindy Kaling actively uses the fact that she is brown and a woman to justify the things she does and why you can't level criticism at her. And she uses them as a shield. And she does it very effectively, so much so that despite admitting to sexually assaulting people, nothing happened with that. Yeah. Um. So I think we can finish out Velma's storyline here and then move over to Fred's. Yeah. So then Velma tries to sell drugs to her father. And then her and her father having a conversation. He's just like, what the fuck? Why were you trying to sell drugs to me? And, she and she's explains, like, I need $500 to buy mom's cold case. And he's like, wait, why aren't you upset I was trying to buy drugs? And she's just like, well, your case fell through because just before this was the comparison to Hitler that Fred got. So Fred was at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Dressed as a little kid, blush on his cheeks. Uh, I droopy and one of the eyelashes fell down to perfectly over above his lip. And uh, there was a shot of him basically sick highly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not team comparisons are weird. Yeah. So her case fell through. So she's like, yeah, your case just fell through. You're currently in a relationship with a woman who's much younger than you and pregnant and spending a lot of money on dumb shit your wife's missing like yeah no it makes sense that that you're doing drugs and he's just like okay all right i'll give you the 500 dollars to buy your mom's cold case if you help me win the fred trial and she's like help me with the jones trial and she's like i can't reasonably do that i think fred actually killed those women yeah and then she's looking and she's like wait i got it and then we cut to them all at the jones manor at the dining table Mm -hmm. where he was earlier and she's like she comes she comes up with this brilliant plan initially initially she's just like he's guilty i don't know what you want me to do yeah but then she comes up with this plan where all they have to do is prove to the courtroom that he can't even cut his own food up how would he cut a woman's head open and take her brain yeah uh and this this works Mm -hmm. that's basically the entire argument and everyone's buying it and the even even the prosecuting attorney goes oh my god he can't even cut his steak how is he supposed to cut open a woman's head and then fred looks back sees his father looks ashamed and he's embarrassed and people are laughing at him so he jumps up on the table grabs the knife and it's like i could have killed those girls if i wanted to and then he gets immediately um charged with guilty by the judge yeah and we don't really get more not from how that. this works at all obviously but it's occurred yeah. and i'll let it go and we don't get more from that we don't understand how fred's going to come back as a mm-hmm. recurring character and he does come back as a recurring character because i've learned that he has a redemption arc mm, i got no fucking idea uh it's it's a stupid redemption arc uh but then after the trial daphne comes over to velma's house to deliver the cold case file mm-hmm. and daphne tells velma that she saw velma uh, what velma said on the stand yeah which, which is basically just like hey you can't judge people and maybe i've judged people too harshly and mm-hmm. it was basically she was using her time on the stand to apologize to daphne and also criticize fred yeah so uh, daphne's yeah. dropping off the case file and she's like house oh, blah 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 the blah. stain still on my mm-hmm. carpet da, da, da. i'm gonna ignore that it's a bad joke it is a bad joke and she's uh, like it's fine she opens the case file well she's like it's fine the last one i had was the last one i've had i solved it in the last episode i solved it the last episode with norville by last episode i mean the last time i had a hallucination yeah ha 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 we made a reference to the fact that this is a show but opening her mother's case file she begins to have a panic attack mm-hmm. and to which daphne solves by kissing her yeah because it's almost like 
Well, Norville just made me laugh, and that broke mm-hmm. me out of the hallucination, and Daphne doesn't know any jokes. She tells one about her aunt, which is not a good joke. Yeah, it's bad. And then Daphne, oh like, yeah. Well, this fucking sucks. But also, like, I, I get that this is a cartoon. I get that this is supposed to be funny and whatever. That is just sexual assault. That is assault. Daphne? Like, yeah. 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 But then again, this is coming from Mindy Kaling, who, yeah, so. who specifically told on a late night show that she forcefully made out with a man backstage and then told him if he told anybody. Hey, maybe she, he was having an anxiety attack and she was just trying to fix it. She would get him blacklisted mm-hmm. from Hollywood and fired from the show. Yeah. So um, so in Mindy Kaling's brain, this makes sense and is fine. Yeah. So that is Velma. It is a bad time. Produced by bad people starring terrible human beings. Yeah. And and is a garbage pile of fucking garbage. It's bad. Just don't watch it. I think that's my uh, that's my thoughts on Velma. Yours? What are yours? Also, um, everybody should watch the first episode and then not like not even finish the first episode. Just watch like ten minutes and stop watching because that's how streaming services know you hate shows. Yeah, that's true. So get, log into somebody's HBO Max account, watch ten minutes, stop the show, don't watch anymore. Because never come back to it. This show's already been slated for a season two, and it does not deserve it. This show is a is abominable it's racist sexist it actively hates on uh, basically like any vocally oppressed minority and not even that like even if you are on the far right wing and you think all the things i'm saying sound perfectly okay it also actively makes fun of right wing people yep. throughout the show so it is shooting shots at everybody and none of the shots are funny or good. If you shoot shots at everybody and they end up being funny. That's fine. That's, it's forgivable. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's yeah. just called comedy, baby. If you shoot shots at everybody and you don't even make an attempt to be funny. Yeah. And your lead actress is an actual sex pest. They really just, if your jokes come across not as jokes, but like actual a, a build attempt to make offensive remarks. Yeah. Because that's not what you think about them. Not good. I actively despise this show. I, yeah, I also dislike it. I made, I wrote my notes several times while watching this. How much I disliked the show, or like, man, this thing was really dumb, or this just annoys me like so many times. It's yeah, unbelievable. But that, that is this bullshit. The show actually terrifies me on a lot of fronts because even if it wasn't intentionally made as hate bait, mm-hmm. which I think is the most generous interpretation of the show you can have. Yeah, the generous interpretation of the show is that it was made for people to hate and make angry content about kind of like i'm doing on this podcast Mm -hmm. i almost didn't want to review this show we actually watched another show took notes and a much better show with a very similar basis a a scooby-doo origin story as a television show you know what i think that might be the episode for the 22nd of next month yeah because we already have the second for next month Mm -hmm. locked up but I didn't want to. Re- I almost didn't want to review this because I didn't want to give it more media attention. But we also have very little reach at all. Well, also we we started this episode talking about it with the intention to shift into the other topic. Yeah. But we were flowing very well, and it felt like we actually had stuff to say about the show. And it turns out we do. But all the stuff we have to say is the exact same thing everybody else who is critiquing the show is saying. Yeah. Because it's so obvious what is wrong with the show that you don't need somebody to watch it and review it for you. If you watch an episode of the show, it's absolutely obvious. Like the only good thing, like I said, is the animation, and I don't know if people are talking about that so much because the bad so so overshadows it. Honestly, the halluc- like her hallucinations and panic attacks are exquisitely like animated. Like mm-hmm. they're so good. And other than the fact that like how the panic attacks are triggered and how they resolve, yeah. they're really good. Like active like manifestations of panic. Yeah, I would agree. And like also. We mentioned it, and it's dumb, and it's unnecessary. The kid getting his leg cut off by a fucking, um... 
paper cutter. Paper cutter? Unnecessary. But it was really, really well animated. Like, it had a good impact. It had good weight to its motion and stuff. And, uh, honestly, it feels like the animator who got a hold of that bit was just like, man, I can make this look great. Also, and they did. Also, to cut off any, like, thing that I might have baited you into wanting to watch more of this show, what I meant about the Fred Redemption arc is Vilma gives him a book. I can't remember the full title of the book, but it's actually a very famous book about women's rights. Scooby-Doo's and Scooby-Don'ts. Uh, so, no, it's something, the myst- something of Mystique. Oh. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred thinks it's about which Mystique was a better at Mystique, which one was hotter. Uh. Um, the one played by, I don't remember her name in the original X-Men trilogy, mm. or Jennifer Lawrence, and he's like super obsessed with Mystique as a character, so he reads the entire book, gets pissed about it, but then falls in love with Velma because he's no longer looking at beauty, but instead recognizes her for her individual value. But then Velma decides she no longer wants to be with Fred because he he now values internal beauty and intelligence. And the entire thing is a commentary on women not wanting men who actually view more than the surface. Well, that's fucking bad. Anyways, though, I've had oh, enough of talking about this I have show. one more thing to say because I, I, I teased okay. it. and okay, I go wanted, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's about Scooby. I mentioned that Scooby is both species swapped and uh, gender yeah, swapped. Yeah, yeah. Scooby is a black woman who has a, not necessarily a, re- a romantic relationship, but a, a friendship or relationship with Shaggy later in the show um, because... Scooby-Doo the dog is equatable to a black woman. That's mm, apparently. That, mm. Anyway, though, I've had enough talking about this show, so I'm 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 gonna call it. If you guys want to reach out to us to talk about how bad this is or just hate on stuff in general, I don't want to talk about the show anymore. I, I really don't want to talk about it. anything else. Is great. If you want to suggest future things, feel free. You can reach us at copilottoview at gmail dot com. I wanted to mention how I think this show is really dangerous for remakes as well because this show is so bad that it, it gives the people who are like stop remaking my childhood, stop remaking all this stuff, actual cannon fodder for why you shouldn't remake things. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. If you want to reach out to us like you said email copilotsreview at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at copilotsreview or on hive at copilotsreview or at our website copilotsreview.simplecast.com which has links to the episodes our youtube our twitter our discord our patreon and not our hive yet because we haven't updated that still yeah. anyways though thank you and please fly again soon it definitely won't be something this bad next time we I promise. promise we promise better in flight entertainment 